welcome to Up To and Including Death. My name is Dr. Patricia L. Gross, and I'm here with my very handsome co-host. I'm not handsome, but I'm John Brewer. He is my co-host, though. Yes, I am the co-host. He is the co-host of our of our podcast, and I say Dr. Patricia L. Gross because that is what I am published under. So if anyone wants to see any of my previous publications, they can look up that. Go for it, yeah. Yeah, but my next publication, actually, they're gonna put Brewer at the end. Really? Yeah, they're not gonna they're not gonna drop the L yet. They're waiting until I do another full thing under the name Patricia Gross Brewer. So I'm publishing a book review under the name of Patricia L. Gross Brewer. That's a long, that's a mouthful. It's a bit of a mouthful, but it's pretty exciting. I'm pretty excited to change my name. Yeah. Yeah? Are you excited for me to change my name? I am. You want to tell the people why I'm changing my name? Oh, I think that was established, but yes, we are getting married very soon. We're getting married super duper soon. And we just went on a lovely camping trip for three days in the woods. Yeah. And I realized during the camping trip, it was like, oh my goodness, there's a lot of things that we need to get for the wedding. So I didn't go to work today. I just did wedding purchases. Nice. But I also got a massage. That doesn't sound like a wedding purchase. If you're ever in Houghton, Michigan, I recommend you check out Adrian. At Synergy Massage and Wellness. She is a superstar, an amazing masseuse, and a very nice person. And I recommend it entirely. But after I went and saw her today, I was very loosey-goosey, and then I bought a lot of glasses for our wedding. How exciting. Glasses. You know, you would be pretty upset if we had a wedding and there weren't any glasses for people to drink booze from. Just drink from our hands. Just cup like to go to the the actual like keg it's an oliver twist which wedding. i also ordered for us today both of them yes i ordered both kegs i ordered the proseccos it turns out i ordered two cases because i thought cases were eight cases are 24 they're 16 for oh, wine for wine huh? so we're gonna have uh 32 bottles of prosecco for the wedding, which I'm not really going to fight because that means that it gets to go into our basement and live a happy life. It won't be a long life, I'm sure. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you heard it here first, guys. The first threat on my life. What? I just know you're going to drink it quickly. I'm not going <laughs> to. I'm not going to drink 32 bottles of Prosecco. How would you have taken that as a threat on your life? Because you're, you're like, gonna... it's not going to be a long life. Well, yeah, for the Prosecco. Interesting. Some would say you even took a wrong turn in that conversation. Oh, nice segue. Okay, but we're not going to segue it yet. (laughs) (laughs) And we're going to talk about... Last week, we had a horrible error in our podcast. What was that? We didn't do Gross's Corner for Friday the 13th. What was the grossest thing in Friday the 13th? Wow, there's not too many gross things in there. I guess the axe in the head. Interesting. I guess that would be my initial thought. Or maybe Jason, just Jason himself. The baby boy child mutant? Yeah, that's Covered in algae? Yeah. Hmm. So for me, yeah, I think it's an interesting point that Friday the 13th does not have a lot of gross stuff. 
Later it does. You get eye-popping, dad-folding, you know, robot Jason wrecking a co-ed's brain against, you know, freezing her and turning her into icicles and whatever. So you get a lot of gross stuff, but the first one, there's not a lot that's actually gross. There's the the teen know-it-all that calls, like, the, the trucker that's giving her a ride a real American... Original. Original. A real American original. That's kind of gross. It's like, this person's giving you a ride. <laughs> but, that being said, I have a lot of conversations with people... But they just bring stuff up that's unnecessary, and it's like, I wish I could just say stuff like that. I wanted to be like, you're an American original. Maybe that should be your new thing. You're, you have your own catchphrase now. I don't want to end up with my throat cut. Well, she didn't. Oh, yeah, she did. She did. That was kind of gross, too. She also jumped out of a moving car pretty fast. Today, I also went on a hike. I had a busy day. Sounds like it. And I did put my foot inside of a waterfall in the wrong way. And I almost broke my leg. Oh. But I didn't. And I did twist my ankle again. I twisted my ankle during camping last weekend. I twisted my ankle once again during the hike, but not when I slipped in the waterfall. No. It was on a flat road, gravel road, going back to the car. You're really good at injuring yourself. I know, because you would think it would be in the waterfall, but I think I'm good at like not massively injuring myself. But we did climb into the top of Queen Anne Waterfall, which I guess is north of here. Sounds lovely. By about 15 minutes. It was beautiful. Just walked in and walked out. If you're ever in the Upper Peninsula, check it out. It's nice. My friend Carolyn and I went. It was quite nice. Sounds lovely. It was very lovely. So, that was my day. How was your day? It was sleep-filled. You were sleep- Oh, he sleeps all day, folks. I'm here slaving away, climbing waterfalls and getting massages and buying glasses and party favors for weddings. And what did you do? You slept all day. Yeah, well, I was working all night. Oh. Slaving away. Oh, working all night just because you happen to work every single night for like ever. Yeah, that's how that works. Yeah. But you don't seem to mind it too much. No, I don't. I like being up late at night. That's, yeah. That's when the ghosts are out. Do you ever see any at your place of work? I've never seen a ghost anywhere. You say that, but then you have your thing about like, well, I just used to hear them all the time, but that's not the same thing as seeing them. I didn't know there were ghosts. It was just my house I grew up in. I heard there was always footsteps in the floor upstairs. But <laughs> You know, there. footsteps, children laughing, women crying, normal stuff, right? Yeah, there was no laughter <laughs> or crying. It was just... You can hear people walking, and then you go up there, and there's nothing there. So That's fine. It's just the house settling. Oof. I love hearing ghost stories. You know, I would love to hear a ghost story from any of our listeners. How would they be able to tell me their ghost stories? They can email us at uptoandincludingdeath at gmail.com. Yep. Find us on the socials. It's up to and ID with the number two. Ooh. And that's on Twitter. Facebook and Instagram. Nice. Or you can just go to our website at up to and including death.com. A couple of my friends that are in the philosophy world have started a podcast and I would say what it is, but off the top of my head, I know it has to do with something or other with bars or something, but I can't remember the title of the podcast. But when I do what I'm about to tell you to do, I will make a plug for their podcast. I'm going to be copying their layout. 
<laughs> for their podcast. I went on there. I, I was trying to figure out what their name of the podcast was for my for this episode. And I got so distracted by how good their layout was, I forgot to write down the name of the podcast. Are you referring to their website? Yeah, their website. What would I say? Nothing. You just said their layout. Their layout of their website. We're going to change. We're going to steal. But it's not stealing. I just kind of like it. I think it's a little bit easier to figure out. And we're going to include an about section that's going to have wedding photos. Yeah, we've never done a whole lot with the website at all yet. Well, I did a lot to set it up. Yeah, it was set up and then that was kind of... I created the RSS feed. Yes, you did. You did a wonderful job on it. It's and, I, just, and I put your little analytics tracker on there. Not much went into the design of the website. Oh, do you hear this, guys? Well, yeah. It, how, how would they reach me to tell me that you're a big old jerk? Uh, again, could you just repeat that one more time? They can't reach you. Up to and ID at gmail.com. I do. I can check that. No, up to and including death. Up at to gmail. and including com. death at gmail.com. And then up to and ID with the number two at Instagram, Facebook, and all that good stuff. You won't reach me there. No, that'll be me. So you can tell me how awesome I am. You can how... tell everyone how awesome his amazing wife is in a couple weeks. You can say it, but those will just get deleted. Less than two weeks, man. <laughs> You're going to delete them if kidding. they say how nice that, that your was a joke. co-host is? It was a joke. Sometimes I wonder if on this podcast I am kind of the bully or do I sound like I'm just leading you by the ear? Probably. But you have a lot of very important things to say and I have to like just rip it out of you. Yeah, it's, it's a horror podcast. You're supposed to be ripping things out. Oh, I ripped out your heart, but I gave you mine to replace it. Is that what happened? I don't know. Something like that. Something cute. That doesn't sound cute. I think it sounds pretty darn cute. To rip out my heart? Something like that. What are you most looking forward to in our coming up movies and our coming up series that we're going to do? I don't know. It's a tough question. I know. I'm a professor... I know all the good questions. You mean which of these movies? Doctor Patricia Louise Gross. Do we want to break the surprise and talk about which movie? I think we talked about one of the movies that's coming up. Well, we talked about Cabin in the Woods that we're going to do in the woods. Yes. But that's not going to come out for a couple weeks. No, that'll be a while away. But what we're doing for next week is very exciting, and it's going to come out during our honeymoon. We're recording it this week so that we can get it in advance. I think we can kind of, we can leak it. Okay. We're going to be recording our viewing of one of my favorite movies that we've watched together, Ready or Not. It is a great movie. It is so good. I gave it to John for his, for our, our Valentine's present. That's correct. We both watched it together, I, maybe not on Valentine's Day, but that was one of the first gifts I ever gave you. Mm-hmm. And that was the day that we decided to be in a relationship. That is correct. We both made fun of the same person in the restaurant and then realized that we needed to be together forever. Yeah, that's how it works, I guess. Something like that. It's not common likes, it's similar hates. Exactly, but we do have common (laughs) likes. But we already knew in advance that our common like was horror movies. One of them, yeah. Yeah, so I got John some horror movies for Valentine's Day and he got me nothing. I'm sure I got you something. Give me chocolate and flowers. It was really nice. See? You should see what he got me for my, our six-month anniversary present. That's nice. Yeah, kind of. 
Splurged on oh, that bad boy. Yeah. You're like, I gotta keep this chick. I shouldn't have done that. Now I have to have to live up to forever. It's a beautiful large garnet necklace, gold, and it's like a square. It's a square garnet, which isn't a very unusual thing. And then for Christmas, he got me specially made garnet earrings because I'm very paranoid about earrings getting lost. So he found a way to get garnet earrings made that had screw-on backs. Thoughtful, even. So thoughtful, so handsome, so nice. Okay, one of those three things. One of those three things. Wait a second. Thoughtful. If you had three of the three choices, thoughtful, attractive, or nice, which would you choose in a partner? Are you talking to me? Yeah. I was thoughtful, I suppose. Well, I don't know. Nice, I guess. How I would about say nice? I think thoughtful and nice are too close together. How about nice, intelligence, or attractive? Nice still wins. So you'd rather have a nice dummy? Than a mean smarty? Yes. Oh, interesting. What do you have? What'd you end up with? No comment. Oh, boy. I didn't have to just to pick one of the three. There you go. Is that the right answer? That's the right answer because I have a Did nice... Did you pull that out of me? A nice, handsome, intelligent man with a big, bushy beard. Did you pull it out of me? I had to because mm-hmm. it's the only thing, only way to get you to love me good enough <laughs> is just to force you by ripping out your guts. Let's do a quick Brewer's Brew before we continue. What are you brewing up today, Mr. Brewer? What am I brewing up today? Yeah. I'm not brewing up anything right now. You know now. what you didn't bottle today? Oh, no. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> We're just going to have to have fingers. I'm going to have to do it tomorrow and fingers crossed it's ready for the wedding. Would you like to explain? <laughs> They're not in your head in the podcast. Oh, I made four special brews for uh, for the wedding and I'm cutting it really close on this uh, lemon beer. How long does it take you to bottle it? A couple hours? No, it only takes 45 minutes to bottle it. But I think you have time after our recording today. Possibly. Yeah, it takes like two weeks to carbonate. <laughs> oh, that is really close. But sometimes it'll it, be done in 10 days. It is not so. two weeks, it's and not. it's barely 10 days. I know. That's what I'm saying. It'll be cutting it close. We used to call that the lemon squeezy. Did we come up with a new name for this one? For not wedding? yet. Not yet. Okay. We'll have to do that soon. Yeah, I guess if the, and we might just have three beers, three of your beers at the wedding. That's possible. Fancy John beers, Bud Light, PBR, and Prosecco. That sounds like a winner. People, John is making me do box wine. I didn't pick you. He said, woman, you're not allowed to have nice things. You have to have box wine at the wedding. And I said, yes, sir, because you're my... Those are all lies. Well, you are my man. Yes, but those are lies. You just say that I should have box wine at the wedding. I was a, a suggestion when you were asking what should we do for the wine. And like, what was my response? I don't know. It was yes. Yeah, you were kind of on the fence, it seemed. Well, I mean, I ended up accidentally ordering like a bunch of Prosecco by mistake. Yeah. Like a lot. I don't know anybody who likes wine besides you, so I wasn't too concerned. Well, I guess everyone will have enough beer to have beer beer boys and be beering boys at the wedding so what are that was your brewer's brews my brewer's brews is that you know i'm not going to work tonight you are yes and after a long day of shopping for glassware and going hiking getting a massage 
I've had a little bit of the house wine that I've mentioned before. The original house wine. So earlier I had my favorite, which is the Rosé Bubbles. Classic. And I decided this time to actually drink it from a champagne flute. Fantastic. I recommend. I don't think it'd be fun to drink from the can. You know, I think you should drink it in a glass. I wouldn't drink it. I'm not a fan of wine. John wouldn't drink it at all because he's a big baby. But I'm having the original house wine sangria. What is it? The original house wine sangria. Vibrant, citrusy, and simply refreshing. (laughs) Wonderful. Yes. And it is. It's very red. I was expecting it to be effervescent like its brother... But it is not. It's a, it's a sangria. This is basically very, it's a very tasty sangria. If you like sangria, it's very good. It's a red sangria. I recommend it. I did fail to mention on the last one that I was drinking a lot of Blue Moon as well. So you're drinking a lot of Blue Moon, huh? Yeah. It's another favorite summer beer. I mentioned Summer Shandy. And I realized, oh, I should mention Blue Moon as well. Cause it's delicious. It's my go-to in most places when I don't know what what beers they have mm. almost everybody has blue moon and it's good especially when they give a big orange slice yeah it's really tasty i mostly just drink truly's but beforehand i was having a lot of that hell or high pomegranate by 21st amendment now 21st amendment has one of my favorite beers hell or high watermelon and the hell or high pomegranate does not disappoint it's very tasty you're not a fan but I don't think you hated it. I didn't you, I didn't even taste it. Really? I, I thought you did. Oh. Suspicious. So, John, hmm. we are on a theme right now. Would you tell the people their theme? We told them what's next week's theme is the wedding. And then afterwards, we're going to be filming The Cabin in the Woods when we're in The Cabin in the Woods. And we're starting our Supernatural series. Yes. We'll be recording them, not oh. filming them. We're recording them and not filming them, but maybe I'll film you when you're not paying attention and then you can't say anything. I will say something. Eventually, we'll have to, like, record for YouTube. (laughs) Why? I think that people want to see us, like, huddled up around this microphone. No, I don't. I don't think anybody wants to see me. I want to see you all the time, every day. should probably marry you or something. I guess so. So, we're on the theme of spooky camping and spooky woods... Because the summer is filled with super woods, you know, spooky woods and spooky camping. A very wonderful podcast is My Favorite Murder uh, with Karen Kilgareth and Georgia Hardstark. And one of their, my favorite sayings of them, and I even have this one on a t-shirt, is stay out of the forest. But we go into the forest. Nothing good happens in the forest. Lots of good happens we in the forest. We don't belong. One could say we might even have taken a... Wrong turn to get into the forest. But that would be wrong, since we came from the forest. Did we? Mm-hmm. I mean, I came from Tybee Island, Georgia. I was born in I Savannah. I came from the forest. Okay, I feel like I'm giving too much personal detail Probably. away, and they're going to find out all my secrets. They're going to steal your identity. Oh, no. Okay, let's hear it. Let's What's hear the, what? What movie are we watching? It is wrong turn. From... Not the marriage. The movie. Yes, the, the film Round Turn from 2003. You know how John like stopped himself from making a joke that was going to really hurt my feelings, but you didn't. what you didn't see was his face as he was thinking about saying it and then chose that not to do that because it would make me very upset. I will never tell. <laughs> so Wrong Turn, 2003, Eliza Dushku, 
being her most Eliza Dushku. I watched this film a long time ago, but another one, I do not remember this very well at all. So this mm. is great. 2003. I think I probably saw this when I, like, it was released May to, uh, May 30th of 2003. I just got out of high school. So I think I probably saw it in theaters because I'm definitely an Eliza Dushku plant fan because she played Faith on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So I was interested to see her in, in other things. Yeah, I don't think of Buffy when I think of Eliza Dushku. Really? No, I think of, um, I'm trying to think. She was in teen movies. Correct. Like Dollhouse? Oh, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back is actually the first thing I would think of. Really? Yes. But that's way later. Way later. That's before this movie. By the way, people, this is back to Brewers Brews for a second. Um, one of the problems of this particular sangria is that uh, apparently fruit flies just love to die in it. So I left the glass to go to the bathroom and now it's full of fruit flies. So that's pretty gross. Yeah. Eliza Dushku has been in a lot of amazing things. She's a great actress. That was very fun. I didn't know she was in True Lies. She must have been super young. She was in True Lies? Was she one of the kids? She was 14. Oh, she must have been the daughter. 13, actually. Yeah, I didn't know that. But I had seen her in Bring It On. Oh, yes. Everybody loved Bring It On. This is me squeegeeing out. By the way, this is me squeegeeing out. Um, fruit flies from my glass. Bring it on was fantastic. Yeah, but Jay and Silent Bob Straight Back is what I would know her best from. Mm-hmm. That's a good. I've... That's an interesting movie. I know I have seen it, but not for a very long time, oh. so I couldn't be able. I wouldn't be able to tell you about it. I have them. I'm a. I have a, an affinity for Kevin Smith films. Oh, just an affinity. Yeah. Okay. I have Kevin Smith tattooed on my body. So much so. The, the way that you said that makes it also sound like we have Kevin Smith, like, tied in the basement. Nope, just tattooed on my body. That's all. <laughs> I mean, I would never put uh, a particular movie or TV series on my body. That would be insane to get a tattoo of, like, just some actor or just some, like, television series that means a lot to you what yeah you mentioned that last week the supernatural oh no and letter kenny oh i yes. didn't mention letter kenny that was a secret kenny one as well so. john and i got matching tattoos because we were disgusting mm-hmm. it was great so should we get back to the movie yeah let's probably we should probably talk about the movie that we're filming <laughs> recording a podcast about wrong turn directed by rob schmidt hmm. what else has he done the name sounds familiar um, Crime and Punishment in Suburbia. Hmm. And then he directed a Master of Horror episode called Right to Die. Okay. And then he did another film with uh, Liza Dushku called The Alphabet Killer. <gasps> they made a movie out of The Alphabet Killer? That's so cool. In 2008. Have you heard of that? I have not. The Alphabet Killer is a dude that, like, killed people with the name A, starting in, like, AA. Then BB and then CC, that kind of thing. He, was, he would, like, kill people with names that, like, were in an order. But I think was also one of those really insane coincidences. So they were just looking and finding these people that had names that had, like, double initials, like, reduplicated initials, and thinking that they had these connections. This was also written by Alan McElroy, who also wrote Halloween 4. Huh. The Return of Michael Myers. Excellent. We have not seen any Halloween movies together ever. We should do that. We should. I just purchased the Rob Zombie versions of the two Halloween movies from a thrift store. 
So we should watch the originals. Oh my goodness, this actor is from Savannah, Georgia. Yay! That's where I'm from. Yes, because this is technically Desmond Harrington has top billing in this film and not Eliza Dushku. Who the heck is Desmond Harrington? He's been in The Hole. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. And Ghost Ship. He was also in Dexter, the TV show from Showtime, and he was on Gossip Girl. Oh. So I have not seen him in anything. Is he like the creepy older brother from Gossip Girl, maybe? He was the creepy uncle, I guess. He was Jack Bass, the uncle of Chuck Bass. Ew. I have never watched anything. Oh, Gossip Girl? I was thinking of Pretty Little Liars. It's hard because it's just like basic... I don't want to be mean to this guy. I'm sure he's a nice person. I actually have seen him in one other film. Yeah? He had a small role in The Dark Knight Rises (gasps) as a police officer. Oh, my gosh. But I... Wow, there's way more movies if you go on the filmography. This filmography is very long, but it looks like, well, Riding in Cars with Boys, I have heard of. Mm-hmm. Ghost Ship, I have heard of. Mm. But I'm guessing... What, you haven't heard of Fort Pitt? No, and when he's playing roles called Rusty Number One, and <laughs> Police Officer on Bridge, I'm not going to remember him. What about Bing? Oh, I do not know what that is. Okay. He so, was also in a lot of TV shows. Excellent. Not to say anything bad about him. I don't know anything oh, about him. Oh, he was in a, an episode of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. That show is great. I tried to get you to watch it, but you you just fell asleep a bunch. Sounds that right. was That was back when, when John and I were dating. Originally, before he moved in, he would come over for dates at my house, and I don't think you slept ever. I didn't. No, you would, like, go to work. You would come to my house on a date, go to work. Pick, take the kids to school, pick the sleep, I guess, for 25 minutes, pick the kids up from school, and then you would feed them and hang out with them, and then they'd go to sleep and you'd come on a date with me, and then cycle repeated. Yeah, it was wonderful. Yeah, I think it's great, but I think there's a lot of things that you could try again, like The Haunting of Hill House, we tried watching what you kept sleeping, or Fargo, which would not be for this podcast, but it could be fun to try again. So, wrong turn... Eliza Dushku and the dude from Savannah, which I'm excited about because Savannah. Yeah, he seems like a good actor. He's been nominated for awards for his work on Dexter. Nice. I keep just, hitting, uh, I keep hitting this glass with my my engagement ring. It's so big and in the way. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Okay. Then this actually uh, was nominated for a Chainsaw Award. Really? What's the What's the Chainsaw for the Fangoria Awards for the best wide release film? Hmm. So it's got some. Um, the ratings on it aren't spectacular when you look at IMDb. I mean, two thousand three Eliza Dushku is she's coming right off of Buffy. This is like top teen Eliza Dushku, like Buffy. She was bad girl, naughty. She was not pure like Buffy, which is like a whole point of yeah. like her character. It seems the critic knock on this is that it's the same old, same old when it comes to. Uh, Slasher movies. Mm. But I kind of like same old, same old slasher movies. Yeah, I'm really... One of the things about that I really learned a lot about myself is that that need to let go of a, the critic in certain ways. Because I find that the critic of slasher, the critic of repetitiveness in films and movies, is also the same person that turns the critique on yourself. I think it's a negative way to live your life of, like, you don't like something because it participates in a in a pattern. Like, Adam Sandler's movies are great. I have a great time. 
And this is something that you disagreed with me on a little bit. But the one where he plays his own twin. Well, I have not. Yeah, I haven't even seen that. What is it called? Jackie? Jack and Jill. Jack and Jill. I saw that when I was in Paris. I When I, I was in Paris, like, doing this, like, uh, philosophy thing. And I was write, doing a lot of philosophy writing and stuff at the time. And I just went on this Adam Sandler kick because all of his movies were on Netflix. Like, all of them. Because of, like, being Europe, Netflix was different. So even though my Netflix was America, because I was in Europe, I got to see just, like, the whole Adam Sandler filmography. And, man, I love that movie. Jack and Jill is so good. But I never would have seen it if it wasn't out of some kind of desperation of being in Paris in the seven-floor walk-up apartment and having to do all this academic writing and just wanting to do anything else like but that. (laughs) Yeah, I am anything but pretentious when it comes to films where I will watch anything really and I can usually find some enjoyment in most of them. Yeah, I think that there's like when we think about what pretentious is I don't think I was pretentious I think that we get these ideas in our head about what entertainment ought to be and I think that with horror and with things like horror like fantasy or drama even dramas or, or like let's take horror and Adam Sandler on Netflix. Two, those two things. Because Adam Sandler makes a lot of made for TV or made for... Not made for TV, but like made for video or made for Netflix kind of stuff, right? Like, he does it perfectly. There are these beats and it hits those beats. You know, like we have the the person that is quasi-successful, kind of dumpy, has to learn how to appreciate the things in his life, has some kind of drama. There's a third act revelation and then they get back together in the end and he's learned something at the end or she or something like that. And I got to say, like, that's he does it so well or not. It's not just Adam Sandler doing it. It's like this production company that is just turning out these things that are just good. Yeah, they're not great, maybe. But what is great? The wrong Missy did it have some rape scenes that were not OK. Yes, but it was so good. It's like grandma's boy. Yeah. If you laid out the plot to Grandma's Boy to somebody, you'd be like, oh, that doesn't sound anything special. Yeah. But the jokes are so damn good. Because he's going to get a brand new race car bed <laughs> with a CB radio <laughs> to call other race Sorry, cars. Sorry, John. Like, we're at, like, in public. And were we in the, in the in the cemetery at that point? We just left the cemetery. You just... Threw it thrust in front of my face your phone that had a race car bed and you're like should we get this <laughs> just because it was on your Facebook because it reminded me of the joke in Grandma's yeah Guy. it's so good we gotta watch that again but not on the podcast okay so basically what I'm saying is I think that the voice though that that tells you to critique others and to critique art and the, especially the voice that says this is not rare enough to be good. I think that's a way to stop you from... It's your inner voice that stops you from being creative. It's the voice that always stopped me from ever doing a podcast. Because it's like, well, yeah, there's other couple podcasts or there's other podcasts of people talking about movies or there's other podcasts about people that talk about horror or whatever. And it's like, you know what? That voice is an asshole. We shouldn't listen to that voice. And I, and I really want to tell the viewer, like, don't listen to that voice. If you got that voice in your head that tells you that, like what your art is or what your creative thing that you do is not special enough, that guy's an asshole. Don't yeah. listen to him. Kevin Smith talks about that a lot. Really? Yeah. And about why he makes things like Tusk oh. and Yoga Hosers. 
and he just didn't care anymore. He's like, I want to see this on the screen. I know it's not going to be for everybody, and people are going to make fun of it, but mm-hmm. I don't care. Yeah. I just want to do it. And I think there's, like, a place in your life, I th- you know, especially when you're teens, maybe very early 20s, where you could just, like, you, because you're learning about patterns and you're learning about... You're learning about the history of art and the history of television, right? But then you have to eventually let go of that part of yourself and just enjoy what you what you see before you. Yeah, I and, enjoy all horror movies for what they are. Yeah. It's entertainment and it's fun. And so what if a lot of them don't break the mold, <laughs> especially slasher films? There's-, there's two things that I dislike in horror movies. Rape. One, yeah, one we talked about is rape. Do you, can you guess the other one? I don't know if we talked about it too much. I've complained about it once, I think. It's the gotcha at the end where the person's still alive. But not just that they're still alive, but that the people that we thought survived are going to die immediately at the end. So The uh-huh. Hills Have Eyes, the remake of that, I don't. I have never seen the original, but the remake of that that came out in the 2000s like was like that, where it was like... They finally make it to the end. They're bleeding and they're they're leaving the desert and they're they're leaving where they've been almost murdered. And then you get this scene of it turns out there's other creepy mutated people watching them and they're going to come out and kill them immediately after. And for me that just like it bugs me to see that cuz I want at least the idea that they get to survive until the next movie. Cuz Friday Friday the 13th, sorry. Friday the 13th. You know, it ends with her, like, in the hospital. They're giving her Valium. She's trying to tell them about the little boy Jason. No one believes her. In the beginning of the next movie, she gets murdered, like, immediately. And that's okay for me. That's annoying. Like, they do that in Hostel 2. And I was really annoyed when I first saw Hostel 2. I don't like that. I just want them to survive. I don't mind it as much after seeing it in Friday the 13th 2. I don't mind that at all. Yeah. I think House of a Thousand Corpses does that the best way ever. I mean, that's a, it's its own kettle of fish, man. That's so good. When she escapes to the highway and Captain Spaulding picks Oof. her up. And then you find out Captain Spaulding's in cahoots. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. It's so There's well a really great version of that in the Asylum seer, uh, season of uh, American Horror Story. Did you see that? The have, one that was I in the crazy... Where she escapes, finally. She escapes the asylum. She's gone out. She's on the road. She gets picked up. And it's a creepy murderer that picks her up. And it's like, that was good. Because it's like out of the frying pan and into the fire. And it's, I mean, I got to say, that was a very good account of that. And, and so later on in my life, I don't mind it. But I guess what I dislike is the... Gotcha! Like, I want it to be worth something. I think the fact, the, the twist at the end, that Captain Spaulding is a part of it, and then he's, like, in other movies of it as a more ma- major character. Yeah. That was fantastic. That was so good. Like, you were not expecting that. So, for me, the main characters in that were not, were not really the people that were being killed. You know, it was, like... Everybody had enough of their own personality that you weren't really following anyone enough along. But when you have, like, a main character that is the entire time is the one that's battling it, it's the one we're focused on, it's the one the camera's focused on, it's the one whose torture we're supposed to be getting off on, and then at the end she's supposed to be saved or he's supposed to be saved, 
and that to be taken away at the last second, but just in a cheap way and not in a really interesting way, that's, I don't know. Well, I think what Rob Zombie does really well is he makes the antagonist the protagonist. Yes. Which is super hard to do in a horror movie. Yeah. But Captain Spaulding is so damn charismatic and likable. Well, and you don't cheer for him killing people. But it's kind of <laughs> John's kinda, making a face. Kinda do. But it's kind of like though when you're watching Jason X, and you're just wanting to see what Jason, how Jason's gonna kill these teens. Yeah. You don't give a crap about the teens in the Jason X or the people in Jason two through eighteen million, because it's like they're not. It's it can be interesting. I can't remember which one it was because we watched all of them. But there's one of the Jason ones where it's like Jason's like cousin's sister's brother's wife or whatever that makes a baby and like only person of his own blood can end him and there's like a magic sword for some reason yeah, that was a weird take that was a weird weird take and that was a, a fun ride but i didn't care about that woman i thought it was a fun ride it was crazy did jason become reborn through his own dead sister mother i don't know maybe it was weird just cra- and crazy it was great but like that was its own thing. It wasn't... Like, we weren't really following that character. No, everybody in Friday the 13th besides Jason might as well be wearing red Star Trek <laughs> shirts. <laughs> or, like, for the great... There's a great line in Supernatural. In the first ever episode I had you watch... Do you remember that episode? That was the Asia Heat of the Moment episode. It was the heat of the moment. I can't sing anymore because it's not fair use... But, yeah, in Supernatural, it was the episode called uh, The Mystery Spot, which we're going to a mystery spot pretty soon. I'm yes. excited in August. But it's called The Mystery Spot, and it was in season three, and it's uh, a a trickster demon trying to convince Sam to understand that Dean's got to die. Sam doesn't really learn his lesson. They never learned that lesson. But in it, one of my favorite lines is where Dean is just dying over and over and over again. And one of them is, hey, does this taco taste funny to you? It was the heat of the moment. Because <laughs> every time he dies, that song comes on. And that's my favorite death of all. Except, hey, puppy, can you go pet the dog? Gene, who is, like, notoriously afraid of dogs, is great. Okay, so the wrong turn. Is there anything you want to say before we get going? I think we talked about most of it. We, we didn't say anything about the plot. Do you want to give a brief... Like, do you want to give, like, the back of the box? It's college students in the woods. They shouldn't be there. Uh, Maybe they even took a wrong them, turn. Yes, I'm yeah? guessing they took yeah. a wrong turn. Okay. But I think I went through the director, the actors. It's not well received among critics, but what is? I mean, their box office isn't bad, considering their budget. It made a ton of money. It made, like, uh, sixteen over $16 million it made. Over its budget. Over its budget, yeah. It made yeah. $28.7 million on a $12.6 million budget, so... Um, it's not laugh- bad for a horror movie. They're laughing all the way to the bank when the <laughs> critics say it's they don't like it. Do we have any stars or tomatoes? Yeah, it's um, it's a six point one on IMDb. That which is, is not, not bad. Not bad for a horror film, but uh, <laughs> on Rotten Tomatoes, it's forty percent from the critics and a fifty four percent from the audience. There's so. like some weird disconnect between IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, it's odd because when we went through Psycho, yeah. Psycho was crazy high on Rotten Tomatoes and really low, or not low. It wasn't low. It was like 8.6, I think. And yes, on Rotten Tomatoes, it was like, it was like 96, 99% yeah. on both. You know, I was thinking uh, about that actually today. We were talking about your love of horror movies. 
when we were remember we were flashing through the shutters essentials and you're discussing how the 50s i think you said were a horrible time for horror yeah it was a well it, was, it wasn't horrible it, it was, was just, just kind of garbage it was like it was it just was like very really uptight very uptight and then you get psycho yeah which is 1960 it's the end of the 50s you get the main female character who's this famous 50s actress who is all buttoned up and steals a bunch of money and then gets murdered because someone was attracted to her sexually. Yeah. And then, and that's just the the kind of devolution of that 50s button upness. And then you get into the 60s and very different type of horror. Yeah. It seems like yeah. each, each decade has its own style of horror that permeates to the top. And this is, this movie they're watching today is the most 2003 that you can get of any 2003 that was ever 2003. I'm very excited about it, but let's get going. I think that was the very 2000s beginning. Oh, that's what you think? Yeah, what do you think? Sure. I think it was a pretty uh, typical drag through the woods on your feet by your feet kind of thing yeah but the thing is like we had two young beautiful people on a sheer cliff face together climbing and the guy the girl falls down a little bit and the guy just abandons her because like (laughs) after he gets to the top and then he immediately dies horribly and then she tries to save herself and she's all muscly and stuff and she's pretty good but she falls and then she gets dragged through the woods. But she can see her car. So, like, they drove up to a cliff face to climb it. Mm-hmm. That was the goal. What a jerk what thing to do to, like, get to the top and, and run off. I don't think he was running off. I think he was just about to help her and was going to do something first. No, I think he was Probably teasing like he her a little pee. bit. He was teasing her. Well, you maybe say maybe he had to pee. Maybe he did have to pee, but also he was definitely getting an enjoyment out of uh, teasing yeah. her when she was asking for help. And guess what happened? He died. He got his comeuppance. He got his comeuppance. And you remember that, John, when we were married, I asked you for help. You can't just be like, eh, I'm going to make fun of you because I'm a husband. And this is what husbands do. Me, 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 me. Yeah, I'm sure that's what I would have done. I don't think so. I think you're a good boy. Right? Okay. Sure. They always depict backwoods southerners as never bathing in movies like horror movies uh i suppose now i'm from the south and i have been to many a backwood but i've seen very few filthy people just walking around except in like well i think uh except our children (laughs) like they get pretty messy and then they, we make them shower. Usually when they're dirty like this, they're mechanics, or they're working out in the dirt and stuff. Yeah, but usually they clean themselves afterwards. Like, our mechanics here aren't that dirty. No, but he's in the middle of a job, to the one you're referencing right now. He's just drinking Pepto. So basically, we've gotten to... The, yeah. We've had the first murder. Now we have cut to a fella in a very supernatural-feeling car. He's got a beautiful blue... Mustang convertible? I can't remember if it's convertible. It's It's like a beautiful Mustang, old timey Mustang. And he has turned around. In fact, maybe he made a wrong turn. 
um, because there's a big uh, jam on the on the highway. He's got some kind of. They're in West Virginia. He says he's got to get to Raleigh. He's got a 7 p.m. interview, which is bananas. But he, when he checked his phone, it was 9 a.m. But so I guess they're like driving from Raleigh to. Or driving from West Virginia to Raleigh might take you that long. But anyway, so he's gone to this gas station where there's no gas, where there's just a dude sitting there doing nothing, being filthy, drinking Pepto from a bottle with no teeth. I don't know. I've never been to West Virginia, so I can't. We're going to West Virginia this summer. Maybe we'll see. But I just, I've not been to West Virginia except to drive through. But I just want to say as like a little like nod to Southerners. We're not all filthy, like, but in the movies, we're always, like, filthy and crazy. Well, I haven't, uh, I haven't I, been in the South much. So. We'll find out in August, I suppose, but let's keep watching the movie, huh? John. What? This is a wedding-related movie. Kind of, but, um, really light way. Okay, so our city slicker has spent all of his money on this Mustang, which, of course, he drops his CD, so he's retrofitted the Mustang with a CD player. He has a Nokia cell phone. Of course, everybody did back then. And it's the block kind, so it's good to go. Yeah, that survived the car accident. No problem. 100%. Car accident, you say? Well... He dropped a CD. He spent a lot of time just head down in the woods. There's a dead deer. He's looking at it. Gets back up. Looks at something else. Slams into this Jeep that is parked in the the middle of the road. Yeah. Not on the side. In the straight up middle. And so they all, all... It's a bunch of teens that are on a teen romp. As teens always do. And they have romped in the perhaps the wrong direction? Possibly. Well... And so, instead of being normal, this guy could have, like, turned around. It was only 9 a.m. He could have turned around and gone to the nearest actual town and called and rescheduled this interview. Yeah. Well, maybe this is the only time you could get this interview. I mean... One of those things. 2003 is an interesting time because it's before the crash, but... I mean, it's before the crash. And it's interesting because, like, when I... I went to college in 2003... And then in 2000, what, six or eight? When was the crash? 2006? I don't remember. Oh, no. I graduated in 2007. And when I graduated, all my economics major friends were like, sell all your land. Make sure you don't have any land. And what happened immediately thereafter? The economy crashed in 2008. And then I went to grad school. I went to Japan for a couple of years. I went to grad school. Left grad school when I got my PhD and started a job. And the economy has not been the best, especially for professors. But now, everywhere you go, there's jobs. It and sure so seems I, that way. I wonder if you could make this, this movie again about someone that really wants to get a job and they're going off to on this thing. It's kind of hard to say because this is like this before the Great Recession idea of what a job is it's like you sink all your money into a 1970s mustang and you really need to get a job in raleigh which i've only been to once and it was the first time i went to a pf changs wonderful i went with actually 
I went, I believe it was the fall of 2003, I went with my roommates in college, Emily and Sarah, who you get to meet for the first time very soon at our wedding, because they're my best friends, and I went to visit their sister in Raleigh, North Carolina, uh, and we went to P.F. Chang's. That's great. On our fall break in 2003. So this is actually based at the same time this movie is. You might have almost taken the wrong turn. We could have taken the wrong turn, but we didn't. We went the correct way. But you know what? We drove in a Mustang. Oh. But it was a 2003 Mustang. So This it was, one was not. This one was not. This one did not have AC. So he had to probably spend a lot of money to put that CD changer in there so he can feel cool. But he has wrecked that thing. Yeah, it is not. It is totaled. I feel like we're going to make up for the shortness of the last episode with the length of this one. I I just want to defend the South a little bit. <laughs> like, I know that things can be rough down there, but all these flipping Yankees... Go. Ooh, I think that's just, I don't think you're allowed to say that anymore. All these Yankees show up at this house, which screams don't go inside. I'll agree with that. It's like, it's literally looks like you shouldn't go inside because the roof is sloping in a way that shows that it's unsafe to enter. I think the graveyard of generations and generations of cars out front. There's a hippie Volkswagen van. There's a Model T there's a BMW from an indeterminate age. There's all these cars just around there that are just rusting in there that clearly did not belong to one family. Yeah, it's multiple different. Well, one of them, the van had like a, a cross painted on it. And it was some kind of church group's van. Yeah. And so this group of teens. So again, um, busy businessman in his Mustang crashes into a group of teens that are basically took their mom's jeep to bone in for the weekend to go in the woods on a camping trip did not go well and so a bunch of them they put all the snacks into a single okay the backpack that they make the main character which is the dude from savannah whose character's name is like christopherson or whatever BS that is. But like the they make him carry the the backpack or whatever and they put all the food and the water and stuff in this backpack. This backpack when she picks it up, she picks it up with like basically one finger and it's mostly empty. There's nothing in this backpack. And he instead of putting it on his back like a normal human being, he's just carrying it by the strap. He's a super tough guy. A super tough guy. I don't wear backpacks, even though they're made. And even though it's a hiking backpack made to be carried. Anyway, so I think since we've paused, we definitely have a couple dead stoners. Oh, yeah. Well, we haven't seen one of them, but his ear was on the ground and a bloody shoe. So that's not a good sign. Yeah. And the the opening sequence of the film was doing a lot of, like... um, news articles about cannibals in the woods that are also inbred and yeah. a lot of pictures of like horrible inbreeding and stuff like that so the clearly thing is like we got a bunch of hillbillies up in here and they're all inbreeding and they want to kill all the young ones and i thought at the time that they wanted to take to like steal the women folk to make babies but they killed a lady to begin with the one that was smoking pot and and she did a blowjob on someone, so she obviously had to go. Well, yeah, if you smoke weed and have oral sex in a horror movie, you are going to die. Yes, and so instead we've got all these people walking, there's two of them that want to get married, 
well, the guy wants to marry her. And then there's like our busy businessman and Eliza Dushku. And it takes everyone a very long time of rummaging through someone else's stuff. They All these four people walk into this house of murder. It's clear that it's not somewhere they should be. Don't go into this crazy house, but they got to find a phone. But, like, dude, you can see in the house that there's no wires going towards the house from anywhere. Why would there be a phone here? I don't know about West Virginia and whether they bury the phone lines, but it seems pretty clear to me this place doesn't even have running water, much less phones. No, and you wouldn't want to look through the body fridge for a phone. He goes into the sink and he goes into the one room with electricity and it's a generator and it's three refrigerators and he opens it up and he and he's like opens up a bunch of like organ meat and I guess suddenly realizes it's organs because in his car there was like a manual of drugs so he's some kind of quasi medical person I guess but also the there's a flipping hand in a bathtub and so it doesn't matter that he understands human anatomy to understand what a human liver looks like because they found a flipping hand in a bathtub. Yeah. Everything and screams, get out of here. And yet they... They don't. They don't get out of here. And then we have these jabronis. That's what I said it. Jabronis. They don't decide to leave until... Did I spit in your face? No. No. I just... I was in shock of your use of the word jabroni. <laughs> um, they they refused to leave. I'm reminded of when I was in middle school of Mr. Law, who would call, like, she, he would refer to people as social gavones. And I don't know exactly what Mr. Law's, like, people were, where he was from. Like, I know he went to Vietnam and that changed him, he said. But he, like, would call talk about social gavones. And how, like, those are the worst kind of people, blah, blah, blah. And I had him for three years from sixth grade to ninth grade, or sixth grade to eighth grade. And then in eighth grade, at the end of the year, my freaking brother, Andrew, shows up with his best friend, Sebby, and I think Charlie came. And Mr. Law says, everybody, these are the social gavones. And so it turns out that all these stories we heard about the worst social gavones and, and like, of, that you could ever find... Were my brother and his friends that I grew up knowing. <laughs> oh, they really love Mr. Law. They came in to say hi. It was very mm-hmm. funny. And I was like, that explains why he would always just yell my name, but always call me gross. Like that. <laughs> anyway, are you ready to start again? Yeah. We're, wait, we're at 31 minutes. Yes. I did your job. I was just about to do that, but. Okay, would you like to try it again? We are 31 minutes into this. Exactly. You're so cute. Okay, let's keep going. Hello, John. Hello. So, where are we at? 36.55. So we're not that far from where we were. I just wanted to point something out that's different from the other movies we've seen and that I think is kind of a 2000s sort of movie, like the aughts. Would you like to hear what it is? Sure. I thought you were going to keep going. (laughs) Is that that we don't have necessarily two people that are the love interest. We do have a male and a female lead, which is pretty common for them, the odds. But what we have here in this particular horror movie is, you know, we have a main character that is not the bad guy. 
And like the focus is on these people, even though they're not necessarily the best people. We don't know anything about the woman character. And I think this is something that really was occurring in the aughts, where it's like you don't have anything about the woman character, but they're trying to start to flesh out the horror of people. You know, they're trying to start to give a backstory. In a way that sometimes you get backstories, right? Yeah. Like in The Gate. Well, that was from 1987. I know. It's not, it was pretty far away. But sometimes you get backstories in horror movies and stuff like that. But what I'm saying is, like, what we just saw was all these people were stuck in the house. All the creepy guys came home. They were dissecting their dead friends. And you see the busy, busy business rich guy. And he grabs, as they're leaving... He grabs the the hinge of the front door so everyone else can get out without making a sound. And he's kind of like making eye contact to tell people to go. And you get this kind of empathy there. I think that is a little bit different than other horror movies from the 90s. Right? I think in the 2000s is a lot of that where we get the... We are focused on the people that are being killed. That's a little bit different than other things like we we have a little bit more main character is the one i mean maybe when we watch the halloween movies we'll see that more and that will be from the 70s on from the halloween movie or the 80s on from the halloween movies but i definitely think that this is definitely like the 2000s we're getting a kind of empathy towards the people that are definitely going to be murdered soon they're forcing us to care a little bit more then we are forced to care in the previous bag people that we are assuming gonna die in the eighties and stuff. Okay. I don't think I've ever noticed that. Okay, but like in the gate, we didn't expect everyone to live. That was a surprise. Yeah. Right. In the two thousands in these things I'm I mean, this movie reminds me a lot of um a lot of Jeepers Creepers. And in a similar way where it's like, you know, we've got these pe- these twenty somethings that are not teens. They are 20-somethings being 20-somethings. And I think we're supposed to root for them in a way that we don't have to root for other te- 20-somethings in other movies. Anyway, something to think about. Hi, John. Hi. What would you do if you're 47 minutes and 19 seconds into your adventure? And there is a crazy chick on your trip that has lost her mind and has given up and everyone has to spend all their time trying to convince her not to just give up and leave and stay. I don't know. I have little patience for people like that, so I don't know. It's like, can't you just leave them? Yeah. But then, like, we have these four little people that we're in charge of and you can't just leave them when they lose their minds. Oh, I have a lot of patience for children. Yeah. I don't have much patience for an adult. One of your children's going to be 18 pretty soon. Still not an adult. I mean, this chick is only like 18 herself. She doesn't look that old. Maybe 22. And she's lost her mind in the woods. All her friends are just barely keeping it together trying to keep her alive. And it's just really frustrating because she just needs to get her crap together and focus on getting out of the woods. None of them are making the right choices. They keep going in the direction away from the highway that they got in there in the first place. Well, they just keep saying they got to find the road. We got to find the road, but we're going to go the other direction because it's got to connect. Well, there's another road somewhere. I guess. I mean, they're in the middle of West Virginia. But another question is, in these kind of in the middle of the woods movies, 
Is it that much in the middle of the woods? I've not been to West Virginia, but it's like, is there that much stuff where you're not going to even see anything ever? I don't know. Up here, you can do that. Can you? Because at least you're going to see like a small ring-a-dink town. No, there's there's spots where you can walk for 50 miles one direction and not see anything but trees. Yeah, if you only go in one direction, you well, never yeah. go right or left or never find a, a river or water source. Huh? Sorry, I'm thinking today my friend Carolyn and I went hiking and then we went in the wrong direction and we found a river. And then we were able to like use the river to locate where the heck we were. <laughs> yeah. But like you look for water and you keep going, bud. Look for water. They don't look for water. They just look for death. Okay, let's go. I feel like this guy's supposed to be Chris Evans, but it's like before Chris Evans was a dude. Like before he was a famous actor in 2003. Like that's just like... Yeah. This guy could have been Chris Evans. He looks kind of like him. He looks like the more subdued Keanu Reeves. He's from Georgia, which I'm into. He's from Savannah, Georgia, which is even better. But, like, this film... You know, like, the bad guys are just hillbillies that are inbred. And their superpowers that they are inbred. I don't think their superpowers that they're inbred. I think they're very resilient and good with their land. I mean, they don't seem to be that good with their land because all they do is murder tourists and steal their cars and leave them in the woods. No, I mean, they can climb trees like it's nobody's business. Yeah, they can climb trees, but they don't forage for mushrooms because all they do is eat human. Like, there's birds and animals in the woods that are probably much more appropriate for humans to eat than other people. They're going to get prion diseases, John. I don't think they were taught any different, though. They might not have been taught any different, but that means that they're bad with their land because West Virginia probably has a deer problem like everywhere else in the South. And you need, if you're going to manage like 100 acres, let's say that's what they have because they've got quite a bit of land that no one's in. So if they're managing this landscape, they've got to manage the deer population, which means eating them. You know what they're not doing? They're not eating deer. They're eating humans. Humans are easier to catch for them. Which means that they're bad at managing their land because the deer are going to overpopulate. They're going to eat all their stuff. And then that's going to just ruin the ecosystem. I don't think they care about the ecosystem. Well, then why did you say they were good at managing the land? I said... I'm just putting holes in everything. I didn't say they were good at managing their land. I was (sighs) saying they they were good about traversing their land they can climb through trees and run through trees and i'm starting to understand though why i was so pointy holesy at movies and things because coming up and like going to i mean 2003 was when i went to college i graduated high school in 2003 in 2000s you are supposed to care about the people that are dying a little bit more than you normally would in movies like i don't care about anyone dies in, in jason movies they don't make me care. But this one kind of makes me want to care about the characters. And the actors in this one are kind of good enough in some of the roles to make me actually care. When their head gets cut off from the top of the jaw up. So only the top of the jaw up is left and the rest of the body goes tumbling down the tree. That was a good scene. That was excellent. That was really good. I, I should stop complaining. Let's keep going. John, they're bad cannibals. Uh, why did you say that? So, you fish. You mm-hmm. don't really hunt that much, right? 
Have you ever uh, hunted? No, not really. You never bagged a deer? Nope. Okay. So you've caught a fish, though? Yes. So what do you do when you catch a fish? When you decide to keep it so you can eat it? Put it in a bucket of some kind? Yeah. What happens? On a stringer. Now, what happens when you take it home? Not if your mom is home to take care of it for you, but, like, what happens when you take it home and you have to take care of it? What do you do? You gotta gut it. You gotta gut it. Why do? You, why is it important to gut it before you do anything else? Because that stuff's gross. Yeah, okay, it's not just that it's gross. What What is the inside of the bacteria, of the digestive tract do to the meat? Oh, it makes it gross. It not, it, it not only makes it gross, it, it makes it inedible. You're gonna die if you eat it. And these cannibals, they come and they cut off the arms and they cut off the legs. They cut off, they just pulled in a cop and they cut off his head first. He was already dead though. They need to get him to clean off his body, take off the clothes and gut him first and then hang him and drip him of all of his blood. And then they can maybe smoke him or something like that. But you can't just like cut off the head first as if that's going to do anything for you. You got to cut out the guts. I never thought about the in- intricacies of cannibalism. You know, I think about them because of all like the the jars of just human intestines they have, which you know what they wouldn't have those jars if they were actually good at keeping their meat fresh, and they'd keep it a lot fresher if they stopped saving intestines after they let them putrefy inside of the person. I'm shocked that there's probably more brothers in this just three. Where are the parents? They probably taught them how to be bad meat eaters. I'm guessing they didn't have anybody to teach and them. And where do they get their vitamin C and their vitamin D mm-hmm. and their other vitamins? They don't have vitamins. They just eat humans and that's and they kill humans and that's it. I think you're saying that you want to adopt and mentor these young cannibals. I think I could at least teach them that they're supposed to gut the humans first. <laughs> and I've never killed a, an animal. I've accidentally killed animals driving. You know, I ran over a chipmunk once, and I ran over a bird once, and I still feel bad about it. But I just know how that's how... If you're going to kill the things, you have to treat the meat properly over or was for nothing. You know? Yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. I just never put it in with horror movies. Okay, fine. Well, John, that's the end of the film. It was the end. They have a map, though. There's actually still seven minutes left on this. I'm going to let this run in the background. Yeah, let's let it run and turn it down a little, maybe, so we're not, like, stealing the content, blah, blah, blah. So, so the end of the film... Oh, wait, pause. I'm going to pause it. Malarkey, John. Malarkey. Oh, I don't... I will not claim Okay, it's not that malarkey, but like, okay, so the two main characters, I guess, Elitha Dushko and Desmond Harrington, who's got like the fanciest southern name has ever been, (laughs) Desmond Harrington. Um, So these two fellas, these two people, they they end up in in the tow truck and they're driving off. They've blown up the house, right? They've got, they've escaped, they're alive. In theory, killed the hillbillies, but there's still three of... I say hillbillies, but this is, like, the top-notch, like, let's represent West Virginia as a bunch of interbreeding hillbillies. No offense to the McAvoy brothers, by the way, my lovely Huntington, West Virginia boys, 
Who will, will I stalk them when we drive through to go on our way to Point Pleasant? Yes. <laughs> we will be stopping in Huntington, West Virginia, just so I can, I don't know, check out the sheets that maybe Justin gets his stuff at. John doesn't know what I'm talking about, but I like know, some deep that. dive, like lovers of my brother, my brother, me will understand things I bought at Sheets. Justin McRoy reviews things he buys at Sheets, which is like um, the Christ or the Holiday or whatever. Uh, it's the okay. gas station that he likes. But anyway, so like they run off. They so they so the two main characters escape. They live. They stop by the gas station where the guy is inexplicably dirty. Location manager Dave McElroy. <laughs> Maybe it's him. No, I don't think their dad. Their dad's not named Dave though. Maybe it's just some other McElroy. <laughs> anyway, I gotta ask the McElroy brothers who's their who do they know someone named Dave in their oh. family? But anyway, so like they stop by the original gas station. And they, the dude steals the, the, the map. Yeah. He's, he knows that tow truck. He knows. he sees that coming and he closes the garage so door and hides. So by he, you mean like the owner of the gas station, of the gas station yes. knows something's wrong. He closes up. Uh, Chris Evans, that's not Chris Evans, nor Chris Pines, gets out, grabs the map, comes out, and they leave. But the thing is, the gas station is only like a mile off of the highway. It's not that far. He never had to go that far. <laughs> No. no one had to go that far. And when they were like, oh, the gas station doesn't have a phone, you know who might have phones? The people on the highway. Well, he had a phone, but there was no signal on the highway. Yeah, but, like, there's not that much. They're on an actual highway. They could, By the time they walked back, it would have been, the cops might have but still he, been there. He had, he had just, or, um, initially made a call from the highway, and then he was driving away, and then he lost signal. Yeah. So he could have just turned around and drove back yeah, when, 20 feet yes. and the call dropped and made another call. Yes, exactly. Or and, and that call could have been, hello, I just got into a car accident. Like he could have, like it was about probably two miles away from the highway that all this shit went down. And the thing is, like an hour walk would have gotten him back to where he could make phone calls and no one had to die. He could have just stayed on the highway and waited for him to clear like everybody else. Yeah, I mean, that group of teens was always going to die. I mean, I guess it's nice that Eliza Dushku lives. Yeah. She's great. She probably would have lived anyway, just given, like, her being who she is. She's Faith from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. She gets, she's a survivor. Okay. That's she's good. a survivor, John. All right. Do you even know? I don't. <laughs> I don't. I saw the Buffy the Vampire Slayer movie, but not the TV show. I have a suspicion that there's something about early 2000s movies that is the reason why horror gets a bad name. Because it's trying to have characters that we're supposed to care about. And I think that a lot of the best horror movies are the ones that, like, yeah, you have, like, random ingenue number three that you know what i mean like it doesn't usually doesn't matter who dies or who lives and i'm thinking that the 2000s lost its way for a little while and then it maybe comes finds its way back okay i see this is your new theory i have a theory i've got lots of them i've got a lot of theories okay yeah and i'm gonna have to keep exploring them as we continue this and maybe you know what's gonna be really interesting is watching supernatural during this you know, and like seeing, because Supernatural lasts so many seasons, and it really is the television series Supernatural is born of a love. Eric Kirk, Eric Kirk, he loves horror, 
and he loves fantasy and he loves like the history of the macabre and like the history of monsters. So you just get a lot of really cool, wild and zany stuff. I'm looking forward to it. What do you think happens in Wrong Turn 2 through 6? Um, I'm guessing hillbillies kill a bunch of people. Probably. It's interesting. I'm not... I mean, I'm, maybe we'll return to this franchise later yeah. on. I'm glad that the the one... At least the one of the three lived is the crazy screaming one who flies across trees and stuff. He seems yeah. to be the most interesting of, of the, the three. Of the bad guys is the one that's very effective at murdering people and is kind of more monkey than man at the stage. Yeah. Realistically, the most things you get out of cousin marriage is, you know, people that have horrible genetic disorders that make them die young and not having superpowers of being super monkeys and well, stuff. Well, these ones are super lucky then because they made the most of their genetic... They're like horrific, scary-looking people, but they're super strong. Yeah. They're they, never going to find love. They might. They, maybe they've just never been given the chance. Have you ever heard of the Bloody Benders? No. This is kind of what most of these movies of like the... West Virginia, or like the creepy Southerners and stuff like that, the Bloody Benders. There's a lot of things about this. Uh, uh, there's a lot of stories kind of like this. There's one in Scotland that's similar. There's every kind of hillbilly area has a story of this, and every country has a hillbilly area, right? And so there's always a sort of tale of like, this is where the spooky Southerners are. And the Bloody Benders were John Bender, Elvira, Caton, and John Bender Jr., who were actually not related to each other. There was an, a couple, John and Elvira, and there's a second couple, Kate and John, but they were like adult couple and younger couple, and they lived in Labette County, Kansas in, in the 1870s. And what they did was they had this like kind of roadhouse where people would stop in to stay the night. And they would kill them and take their money. Hmm. You know, that kind of thing. And there's like this whole kind of story of it. The family was allegedly about to be lynched and they made a successful escape and there's all this stuff. But the trick is they may never have existed, right? But the story of a bunch of spooky hillbilly family murdering people in the woods has been just entrenched in especially American horror stories but also just scotland england wales you know you get all these little tiny stories of the spooky family that murdered all these people well it's an effective story it's an effective story and there's probably lots of little stories that are exactly like that huh john yes okay well it's 10 o'clock at night here you gotta start getting ready for work pretty soon yes I do. so what would you like to leave off on i don't know i rather enjoyed this this movie Mm-hmm. I like a good uh, hillbilly murdering thing. I like a good Eliza Dushku anything, man. She's awesome. Yeah. And she looks these, great. She's at her most Eliza Dushku. One of these days, i got to get you to watch Mother's Day, even though you hate rape movies. Yeah, one of these days. It, it's similar to this. Maybe after I have our baby. When we try for a baby, if, if I get pregnant, then I get to watch all the horrible pregnancy. We're, like, we're, we've already decided that... Like when we when we get pregnant, we're gonna watch all the horrible pregnancy based horror movies. Right now, we're watching the bridal based horror movies. Wrong Turn actually has the bridal part of it. Yeah, it's which a very I enjoy. Part, but... I think one of the differences between this kind of thing. I mean, Psycho is similar in the sense that we do we don't necessarily care about the people that die, but 
you get to know a lot about them. And in this film, I think the 2000s is really trying to tell you a little bit about the characters. Like, we don't get to know a lot about the drug people that are, you know, giving each other oral sex in the woods that die immediately. And that's why they die immediately. They're just not important at all, you know? They're just, like, tertiary characters. But of the people that we got to meet and got to understand, we got to learn a lot about them in a way that is trying to make us care. Do you care? Not especially. I like that Eliza Dushku lives. I don't want to see her suffer. I think you just have a girl crush on Eliza Dushku. Look, I'm sorry, but if people uh, don't have a girl crush on Eliza Dushku, then they're heart of hearts. And they're what's wrong with America. She's cool. She's strong. She's a brunette. All right. She's got a great midriff because this is 2003, so that's what we got, low-cut jeans. And guess what, ladies and germs? It is back about... It, the low-cut jeans are back, and it's going to be awful for all women everywhere because this is the worst type of jean to wear if you don't look like Eliza Dushku. I was telling John, which he was surprised to hear, that Eliza Dushku was considered to be not overweight, but like, like chunky in the day. She was, like, back in the day, because she's compared to, like, Sarah Michelle Gellar, who was anorexic at the time. And so she was, like, super-duper skinny. You know, you got Ally McBeal on the television at the same time. Super thin bone people. Elijah Dusku has a little bit of muscle. And they're like, oh, look at this big girl. And it's like, what planet are you on? I guess I just never paid attention to those people. You never paid attention because you were not a girl in 2003 that was told about what your body should look like. Not in 2003, I was. No, not 2003. All right, everybody. So, Gross's Corner for this film. I didn't really find too much gross except for, like, the concept that all West Virginia people are inbred hicks. Because the only West Virginia people we saw was the dude in uh, in the gas station... Who had no teeth that was dirty for no reason. And the hillbillies. Everybody else was just happened to be in the woods. They Except took the wrong the turn. The police guy who immediately gets killed because he's being a butthead and doesn't understand what's going on. So everything... All the West Virginia people, what I found disgusting was not the, that they're from West Virginia, but the representation of them. What uh, Do you have a grossest corner? I guess the lady who got... Well, the lady on the table... Oh, yeah. Just, yeah. Just laid, it just kept showing her with, like, stumps. She had stumps, and her, like, leg stump was, like, all the median trails and, and stuff. And flies everywhere. So There's a lot of gross. flies. Those flies got there pretty quick. All right, well, we had Gross's Corner. We had Brewer's Brews at the beginning. I will say that the uh, house wine sangria was pretty good, if, especially if you like sangria. The fruit flies certainly really liked it. Not as good as the house sangria rosé bubbly but i don't think a lot can be better than that because it's awesome and i think that we are good to go next time john yeah i think we're good we're gonna yeah we're good now we're gonna be recording our ready or not episode which is appropriate because our wedding is next after that so ready or not is another wedding themed one hey john yeah you should stay scared and stay married goodbye
The intro and outro of our podcast is Fire and Ice Rock Mix by Stefan Kartenberg. Copyright 2017. Licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike license. Thank you, Stefan.